you know, I think the important thing, I think the takeaways, and if you're listening and you're thinking about starting a podcast and now you're listening to this and maybe it sounds a little bit more complicated or <laughs> a little bit more work than maybe you, you anticipated, you know, just find a way. If it's something that you want to do, just find a way to get it done yeah. uh, and get it out there. And even if it doesn't sound perfect, that's okay. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davey Jones. Hey friends, today's episode is a bit different. In this episode, I am actually being interviewed by Catherine Guidry, the host of the Mistakes Make Magic podcast for an episode of Mistakes Make Magic. But Kat was kind enough to let me air this episode on the Brands That Book podcast as well. Today we are chatting all about podcasting. So if starting a podcast is one of your goals for 2019, or if you're just interested in a little bit of the behind the scenes of the Brands That Book podcast, you'll want to stay tuned. And afterwards, be sure to check out Mistakes Make Magic. Catherine's podcast provides a bunch of business advice and lessons learned from failure. And she's had some pretty awesome guests on her show. Now, on to the episode. On today's podcast, I have a fellow podcaster. This is going to be something really different today. And I was just telling him I was nervous to do his intro because now I know like I have to step up my game. So (laughs) (laughs) he is a brand and content strategist and one half of the Davey and Krista team. He started out as an English high school teacher. He then started photographing weddings with his wife and helped co-found the Rising Tide Society. I'm sure you guys have heard of that. We had Natalie Frank on the podcast. Sadly, that was my biggest mistake in deleting her episode. <laughs> so you guys never heard it, but I did talk about it in episode 50 of the podcast. Anywho, now he is working to help other people create brands that book, quote unquote, because that is the name of his podcast, Brands That Book, through custom branding, website design, consulting consulting, and search engine optimization. So welcome to the podcast, Davey Jones. Thanks. I am, I'm thrilled to be here. It's so much fun to be on the other side of it. You know? <laughs> yeah, it is. Are you, is this your first podcast as being interviewed? No, I've done a, a number of others, but when you're running your own podcast, you know, 90% of the podcast episodes I do are my own. So it's always fun once in a while to be interviewed instead of being responsible for the hard work that you put into it, you know, yes. coming up with questions, doing the research, getting the episode edited and all of that. So it's fun to be on the other side of it for sure. Absolutely. All right, Davey. So start us off with telling us how you got into podcasting and how long ago did you start your podcast? Yeah, so uh, my podcast, Brands at Book, isn't that old. We I started working towards launching a podcast probably around this time last year. And at that point, I had a number of different ideas, wasn't really sure what direction I wanted to go with it, but started brainstorming with Krista and a couple friends and figuring out what I liked about the podcast that I like and uh, started putting that together. My first experience with podcasting actually came a couple of years ago after, you know, Krista, Natalie, Huey and I started the 
Rising Tide Society, we actually launched a podcast for the Rising Tide Society called The Coffee Commute. And it was short-lived. It was actually, you know, we started it not too long before Krista and I ended up stepping away from the Rising Tide Society to pursue Davey and Krista, you know, the business that we're currently pouring into right now. But it was a lot of fun. You know, uh, I think Natalie and I both really enjoyed doing it. Lots and lots of mistakes to talk about as far as, you know, it just by nature of it being our first experience into podcasting. So had stepped away with that. Natalie and I had even talked about potentially continuing that even as we stepped away from from Rising Tide. But of course, just with all the different things that we had going on and trying to build Davy and Krista, didn't have time to do that. But it was always one of those things that I wanted to get back into. So a few years later, Krista and I, um, you know, finally decided, hey, okay, here are our goals with it. Here's what we want to do. You know, this past year, I had finally had an opportunity to to launch my own. That's amazing. You said earlier that you wanted to start a podcast that kind of pulled in some of the things that you liked about podcasting. What were the things that you felt like you wanted to make sure you were doing in in your own? Yeah. So one of my favorite podcasts is called How I Built This with Guy Raz. It's an NPR podcast. And, you know, he's interviewing the CEOs and founders of these major companies, you know, Southwest Airlines, Cliff Bar, Slack. And I love hearing these stories of how those companies got started. And I think that even by, even through those stories of much larger companies, there's so many practical takeaways for, for a smaller business. So, you know, it didn't matter that, you know, Southwest Airlines, obviously we're not trying to run an airline company, you know, (laughs) but there's so many takeaways, right. From hearing about that guy's experiences and his perspective on, uh, on business and building a, a company that I think can be applied to, you know, whatever kind of business that you're running. Absolutely. So I knew, yeah, yeah. So I knew that one of the focuses I wanted to have was on people's stories. You know, everybody has something that they can teach others and share about, you know, based on their own experiences. But I think one of the more most valuable, you know, aspects of people's businesses is the story that they can tell of, you know, starting their businesses. And, you know, along the lines of your your podcast, like the mistakes they've made, <laughs> you know, along the way and yep. how they you know, righted ship or, you know, the different directions and pivots they've made. Yeah, no, for sure. So, and I know you mentioned how I built this. Are there any other like favorite podcasts of yours that you're an avid listener of? Yeah, yeah. I mean, while we're here, I think the very first podcast that I ever started listening to was a podcast called uh, Smart Passive Income. Basically, the the short of it is a guy who uh, got started with affiliate marketing years ago, and now he teaches others how he or how to do affiliate marketing. And he's very transparent in, you know, how much he makes from his affiliate marketing efforts. So really interesting guy. And that podcast isn't just about affiliate marketing. It's about passive income in general. And he's, I feel like branched out in some ways in terms of the types of people he, he interviews, but really enjoy that one. Another one that I really enjoy is called Akimbo and it's by Seth Godin. So I know Seth Godin had a podcast before that, but Akimbo is relatively new. I mean, Seth Godin, he's just, you know, every time I listen to him, it's just like mind blown. I mean, this guy, it always seems like he's a decade ahead when it comes to marketing. And so Akimbo, I wouldn't say is like the most, doesn't, there's not necessarily like super practical takeaways from that podcast. However, just the way he strings together different threads of ideas is, is incredible. So I really enjoy that one uh, right now as well. For the podcasts, How I Built This and Smart Passive Income and Kimbo with uh, Seth Godin, is it the guests that you think you're most drawn to or is it the content? 
both? Yeah, that's interesting. So I think I think it's both. I mean, with how I built this, one of the things that I admire about Guy Raz is just the the kinds of questions that he asks. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's been a focus for me this past year. Is one thing that I wanted to get better at was just asking better questions. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's so much when you're asking the right questions. There's so many things to learn. That's been one of my personal goals through launching a podcast. And and some guests, I don't even know. I'm not even drawn necessarily like, uh, you know, maybe that doesn't sound interesting initially, but I think credit to Guy Raz and the question, the kind of questions he asks, it, it always ends up being really interesting. Definitely. And of course, you know, of course the guests that he brings on are, you know, A-list guests too. For Smart Passive Income, I don't listen to that as consistently anymore. I like the episodes where it's just Pat Flynn as well. So it's more of like a content thing for me. You know, I, I pick out the episodes that I think are are interesting for sure. And then Akimbo, I haven't listened to an Akimbo with a guest yet. So that's just Seth Godin. And one thing that I haven't done in my own podcast but want to do are some solo episodes or just episodes where it's me and a team member. Those are challenging. Seth Godin, he, I feel like he can talk to you for 30 minutes and you can just be you know, completely all your attention on what he's, what he's talking about. But I think that's a little bit harder when you don't have that conversation to kind of break things up. I agree with that. And it is a lot more preparation on the front end. I know mm -hmm. I did quite a few solo casts in the last season of Mistakes Make Magic. And it's difficult because you don't want it to sound too like scripty. I think the first solo mm -hmm. cast I did, I basically just like read what I wrote. Sure. And the feedback I kind of got on that was the content was great, but it sounds like you read it. And so it's trying to find that balance between having good structured content, but not r just reading it off of a paper. Like, yeah, that's, that's a really hard balance, but yeah. And the questions it's trying to find that balance between keeping it conversational, but also asking good questions. One thing that I found helpful is whenever I feel like I have a question that I'm thinking of in my head that I'm getting curious about, I'll just ask it. Sure. Because somebody else might be thinking the same question in their head. I know Brad listens to Joe Rogan almost every single day, and he is also the best at pulling things out of people. That's something I struggle with. Like, I want people to really dig deep into their mistakes. And it's hard sometimes because it's such a vulnerable topic. Mm -hmm. And people feel uncomfortable sometimes sharing mistakes that they've made like, oh, you know, that's not going to make make me look professional or that's not going to make me feel good. But at the end of the day, like that is the intention of the podcast is for us to get uncomfortable so that people listening in can also get comfortable. You know sure. what I mean? But when you were talking about listening to podcasts, when do you find time to listen to podcasts? Because I used to be on the road a lot. Now I'm not. And I haven't been able to listen in as much and I want to. Yeah. Yeah. So driving is definitely one of them. But like you, I, I feel like I'm not driving as much or and so road trips, things like that. I definitely listen to podcasts while I travel, but I also listen while I run. You know, I'm generally going to listen to a podcast over listening to music or something like that. And that's something that I try to do, you know, at least three times a week. So oh, wow. that's really my best opportunity to listen to podcasts. I don't listen to them while I work because I can't I can't focus on the content and work on the stuff that I want to work on at the same time. You know, but some podcasts are, you're able to do that, I think. Like, for instance, Dave Ramsey, uh, Crystal listens to Dave Ramsey's podcast. But it's it's one of those things where he's basically reiterating the same ideas every single day. It's just through different stories and different people, you know, calling in and stuff like that. So I think it's one of those things where she's so familiar with Dave Ramsey and what he's talking about that she can kind of, it can just be sort of background noise to a certain extent. But yeah, running is, is when I listen to most of my, 
my that's my podcast listening time. I know that would be a good question to ask people like when's the best time to listen to podcasts because they do have so much great content and I find them much more interesting than an audiobook and you can Absolutely. pull such wonderful things out of it and just to kind of help people figure out like when's a good time to squeeze that in aside from just when you're driving like and I think it depends on the podcast too because some of the podcasts I listen to are more content heavy than others and some of them are more yeah. conversational so you can depending on which the podcast is, you can sometimes listen to it while you're working. In yeah, regards absolutely. to um, Brands That Book specifically, sure. how did you come into the idea of that concept? Yeah, so I guess one, I mean, that's been our tagline for the last couple of years where we do our best work for in terms of design and branding or we work with a lot of professionals, a lot of service-based businesses, right? And I think especially of, of the podcasts, at least that I listen to, and I've become aware of more that are focused for service-based in industries since I've, I've started my own, but I feel like there's so much information about marketing out there for online businesses, you know, for people who are specifically focusing in on e-commerce, and I didn't think that there was the same caliber necessarily out there for service-based businesses specifically. And so, I mean, that's kind of where the idea came from is just trying to be hyper-focused on, you know, marketing and business growth for service-based businesses, brands that book clients. So that's kind of where the idea came from. And again, just in reflection on the kinds of podcasts that I like listening to, they have a pretty narrow focus and, and niche, you know, and I think my tendency is to think, oh, I should, I should speak to as many people as possible. But, you know, in speaking to too many people, you end up speaking to no one at all. Right. So I wanted to keep it on, you know, service-based businesses in particular, like the creative industry. I know that there's a lot of wedding professionals that listen to the podcast. So that's kind of where that idea came from. And originally it was going to be both a YouTube channel and a podcast. And we decided, and it, it launched that way. We decided to go into a different direction though after we launched. Okay. Well, I'm excited to talk a little bit more about that whenever we get into the mistakes. Yeah. It sounds like you think of that as a little bit of a mistake and you mentioned that to me a, a bit ago. So I'm definitely excited to learn more about that when we get kind of more into those things that have changed. I'm curious also, when you did begin, what resources did you use to learn because people are interested in podcasting and they're, they don't know where to start. Yeah, yeah. So I can, I can break down exactly kind of how I, how I got started. One, relying on past experience with, uh, with the Coffee Commute, the, the podcast that I did with Natalie. We used SoundCloud back then as like our RSS. Basically, uh, for those of you listening who don't know anything about podcasting, you need to upload the, the media file to some RSS service, you know, and then that way it can be, I guess, I don't know, syndicated is the right word, but syndicated through iTunes and Spotify or, or Overcast or wherever it is that you listen to, to your podcast. So we use SoundCloud. SoundCloud, I didn't think was a very good interface. You know, I, and if you use it, I, I'm sorry, maybe you're we just... We use Libsyn. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of people have had success with that. We use Fireside. And Fireside is the easiest one that I found so far, just in terms of like the user interface. It's very clear, like when you sign up, I think if you knew nothing about podcasting, if you sign up for Fireside, it would just walk you through their, their onboarding, I think is really good. It just kind of very easily walks you through getting your podcast up and running and giving you the tools that you need to do that. So, you know, I knew in the past, like I didn't want to go SoundCloud again. So I did a bunch of research, figured out what platform I wanted to go with. And it was Fireside. Uh, and that way I just have to upload the media or the audio file once. And then it's going to go to kind of all the, 
you have to connect to iTunes. But after that, it's going to go to Spotify automatically. It's going to go to Overcast, all, you know, all the other major podcast players. So I kind of knew some of some of those things. One resource that I relied heavily on was a friend of mine, Tyler Harrington. He has his own podcast called uh, called Tech with Ty. And I think through our conversations, that's something he always wanted to do as well. So he ended up launching his own podcast around the same time I was launching mine. And so we went through or he helped me sort out kind of what equipment that I wanted to use and what platforms I wanted to use, th- that sort of thing. I should probably share too, just for extra resources. I yeah, used um, Creative Live. That was how we kind of learned about podcasting. I know that sounds crazy, but they really do have such a surplus of content. Sure. And Lewis Howes did a whole you know, segment on podcasting. And then also, I think John Dumas... Demos. Mm-hmm. I can't think of how to pronounce his last name, but he does all the um, entrepreneurs on fire. Yeah, that's John Lee yep. Dumas. That's it. So he, anyway, he also had a creative live segment that was really helpful, especially because we knew absolutely nothing. We knew no one who had yeah. a podcast. And so that was kind of how we started. And then, yeah, we started diving into equipment, which Brad's an audio guy. So that helped us. But yeah, no, Brad seemed, Brad was asking me before this podcast started about my equipment. And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> so he, he seems like a guy who knows what he's doing for sure, especially when it comes to the audio stuff. But yeah, I mean, picking a platform was important. So we, we stuck with Fireside. Fireside is uh, relatively inexpensive. I want to say it's like $15 a month. So that, that's kind of where we got started. And then we needed to decide like what we were going to record on and how we were going to record. So I use a, a Blue Yeti microphone. It's around $100. You can get it on Amazon. It's uh, called a USB mic. So it just plugs into the side of my computer. And in my audio preferences, of my computer, I can select that microphone, you know, when I'm using it and all of that. And it's, it's relatively easy to do. And the feedback that I've gotten as, at least is that the, the audio sounds good. And so there's a less expensive version. Like, uh, there's the blue snowflake. We found that the, the audio on that is not as good. So the 40 extra, 50 extra dollars we spent on the blue Yeti mic, I think was worth it and is a great, starting point. I know that there's microphones that are like tiers above that as well, but that's the one I have. We use call recorder to record our episodes. So just like we're recording this episode, it's it's on Skype or on Skype hanging out right now, but we use call recorder. I believe the company that makes that software is called Ecamm or Ecamm Live. And so, and it's, it's nice because it's just, you just purchase the software. It's like 49 bucks or something like that. And a little box shows up anytime you're on Skype and you can record both the audio and the visual. At first, the video was important because we wanted to include the interviews on, on YouTube as well, but it allows us to, uh, I can get separate tracks off a call recorder so I can record, you know, I can listen to just your track or just your, or just my track. I can listen to the combined track. It just makes editing a little bit easier and it's really easy to export those files. So call recorder is, uh, is what I use for that. And then after that, I mean, it's just as simple as like getting a good, good pair of headphones to use while you record. And, you know, this pop filter, I think we're both using a pop filter right now. I was going to ask if you ever had any trouble with Ecamm call, like slowing down your connection. I'm not sure, you know, the internet that we have right now is just, I mean, it's the fastest internet that we could possibly get. So we really haven't had that issue here. The internet quality at our old house when we first got started was not as great. We like the top level wasn't anywhere near what we could get right now. So we did have some lag issues then. Yeah. I feel like it has affected some of our 
recordings, which actually was a big part of how we ended up deleting Natalie's episode, sure. is that we were using it as a backup. So we were using Ecamm Call and then we were recording locally onto Zoom H5. And so we basically forgot to back up the actual physical file into sure. Dropbox. And so we had just that one copy. And you know, you've shot weddings when you don't have a backup, then you risk making a mistake. And that was what had happened with us. And then also, what's this microphone called, Brad? <laughs> I love that I lo- know nothing about the equipment. <laughs> it's the ATR. 2100? 2100. The ATR USB 2100 is what we use. And we've also used that Assure mic, the SM58 Beta also. And both of those mics are really good if anyone is interested in maybe starting out but not ready to spend, I guess, the extra on the mic sure. that you have. I think these are around 50 or $60, which... Okay, wow. The beta is about 80 and I think this one was like 50. This is the one that was recommended on Creative Live as well. But your mic, I have to say, is very full. You know, that's the only way I can think to describe it. I don't know if it is really your voice, but I feel like I've heard you speak <laughs> in person and you do have an amazing radio voice, but when you get on your microphone, it sounds very full and round and... I've listened to your podcast on just my cell phone in my living room and it has excellent audio. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if this mic can make me sound good, you know, no, it definitely does. In fact, Brad and I have a lot of conversations because he's a musician and like I said, kind of an audio guy. And when we find the audio in a podcast frustrating, we, I know I personally now, I won't even listen to it if I feel like I'm struggling to hear yeah. And I felt horrible because I know you've interviewed Graham Cochran. Yeah. And Graham's an audio guy. And at the time that we interviewed Shay and Graham, we were in the middle of moving and renovating. And so we had tried renting this apartment. And mm-hmm. the internet was terrible in this apartment. And it of course, the one episode where we're like we're interviewing Shay and Graham, our internet just kept like cutting out and the audio oh. wasn't good. And I was like, Graham, I promise, like we really care about this stuff. Yeah. Audio is interesting because I think even when you're watching a video, it's 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 the audio. If the audio is bad, that's like the most frustrating. Like you can almost I don't know. I like I I'll, I'm okay with a little bit of a, like a video that's maybe not the highest possible quality if it's shot on an iPhone or something like that. But it's the audio when you can't hear something that gets really frustrating. And yes. so Tyler, who you know relied on early and getting things set up, that's one thing he emphasized to me is like, hey, listen, you know, because I was just going to use my little snowflake microphone that I originally had. And he was like, I, th- I think you should just, you know, spend the extra 40 bucks, mm-hmm. get a little bit better of a microphone because that's going to go a long way into making your, your, your podcast sound more professional. It really does make such a big difference. And it <laughs> sounds like you've made a lot of adjustments since the beginning of starting the podcast. So why don't you dive into a little bit of some of the mistakes that you've made and how you have made some adjustments from the beginning until now? Yeah, sure. So one thing that I knew before I ever got started, the coffee commute, uh, Natalie and I set out to do that every single day, which was, a you know, that's like, a huge commitment. Yeah. It is, and it's just one of those classic case of just biting off more than you can chew, you know? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Once you commit to that, you know, it's a, that's what people expect. And so just so much of my time was taken not only to recording the, the episode, but I, as I'm sure you know, everything else, the post-production stuff takes up so so much time as well. So going to this, I knew I wanted to do something more manageable and release an episode, uh, you know, like once a week. So we did a great job in the beginning 
of recording a bunch of stuff in advance. I think we started recording in January, didn't release our first episode until around March. And so we had this nice backlog of episodes that we could release week after week. Now, of course, the problem is, you know, I, I sat back and thought, oh, I have a ton of episodes now, you know, <laughs> and and didn't do a great job of making sure I had that, had those episodes archived, ready to go. So like right now, you know, I haven't published an episode for like two weeks and I'm just taking time because I need to build that up again. And, you know, going forward, I just need to be better, better about recording a bunch of episodes, but you know, when I only have three or five left recording some more, you know, so that's one thing that I definitely knew going into it, but I mean, still, still sort of struggle with. That is a challenge because we did similar to you where we, when we were researching and reading about podcasting, we read that you should have, when you launch your first episode, a few episodes for people to listen to. And so if someone's thinking of starting a podcast, don't just launch with one episode, launch with like three to five so that people can say, I like, or I don't like this podcast. If you launch one episode and they don't like that one episode, well, then you've lost that listener, but maybe they didn't particularly like that one episode, but they liked the three before, you know? And so we did a similar thing where we had recorded in the front end several, and then we started unloading. And then, yeah, if you, if you don't keep up with it, Eventually, you'll get to a point where you're like, dang, I don't have any more episodes. <laughs> I have yeah. to get ahead. Yeah. Are you planning to break yours up into seasons or do you think that you'll just try and catch up again? Where Where are you with that? Yeah, I entertain the idea of seasons, but I think I've just decided I've landed on just catching up again, you okay. know, just doing it, especially with the season of having a new baby and we just moved, just kind of trying to give myself a little grace there. And so I'm working on right now, getting through a bunch of different episodes so that going forward, I can consistently release most weeks. Some weeks I decide not to, like I think Labor Day week, for instance, I decided, you know, not to release that week because it was a short week. But in general, I'd like to get to a place where, again, I'm consistently releasing episodes week after week. Yeah. And I've tried to put systems in place that to, to help me do that better. So I record only on Thursdays or Fridays. You know, I try to reach out to a bunch of guests at once, kind of get them scheduled around the same time so that it's not something that's continually, you know, breaking up my week because there's, you know, other work to be done and things to be done uh, for sure. So that's kind of where I've landed on that. Okay. I think that's a great idea. A lot of podcasters have actually talked about that as well, which I've started trying to do the the batch recording. Yeah. I mean, as you saw, cause I tried to schedule you at the end of November, that's yep. what we've been trying to do. And we've found a lot of success in that because the first 50 episodes, it was very scattered. Mm. It was very like random based on what was good for everything and everyone. And yeah. now I think I'm trying to kind of keep things together. And I love the idea that you mentioned about setting a certain day per week, like Thursday or Friday that you can record. All these are really good tips for people listening in if they want to have a podcast or start a podcast to be thinking about doing when they are starting their own. Yeah. And coordinating the podcast is just such a a time suck. So you did this as well. But when I reach out to people, I have a, I use a scheduling service. I use Acuity. I think you use Calendly, right? Yes. And basically it just has my availability and people can sign up for a time. And then there's like intake form questions they can answer. So I have everything that I need for their episode just kind of in one email instead of going back and forth with me and like, Oh, well, Monday doesn't work for me. How's Tuesday? Oh, Tuesday doesn't work for me. How's, you know, or Tuesday at two doesn't work for me. How's Tuesday at four? Do you know what I'm saying? So trying to cut down on some of that by just implementing good systems. 
Absolutely. Tell me again what you, you said you have a questionnaire that you send or is it just in the email where it says, I need your headshot, your intro? What is it? Yeah. So in Acuity, which is what I use, again, it's similar to if you know what a Calendly is, people can pick a time, but then you can attach a form to that scheduling page. So basically they pick a time and then a form shows up. And I just ask, you know, stuff, stuff that you asked for as well, which is social media URLs for, you know, for sharing. So I know who to tag when I share the post, a bio so that, you know, I can introduce that person during the episode, you know, anything else that I should know, stuff like that, you know, just information that I need to make the most out of uh, the episode. I didn't know that Acuity had that. That's so great. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's great. And it's relatively, I think the, I think the cost of Acuity is just about the same as the pro version of Calendly. Wow. I haven't used Calendly for a while though. So that's I'm really not sure. nice. Cause yeah, it does take a little bit of follow up on my end. And that's something that it's interesting with podcasting. I didn't think about, you know, mm-hmm. the back end of things. You just think about recording of the episode, but you're not thinking about, okay, when I contact a guest, I have to, you know, draft that email. We have to schedule, I have to ask for their bio and their headshot. And that takes a bit of correspondence on our end. That's a really great idea, Cutie. I'm going to look into that. I've heard of Acuity, but Calendly, I think someone used it with me and I was like, I've got to get a scheduling program. It is the best. I spent so much time scheduling Yeah. before. It's crazy. It really does. It, it saves a ton of time. So I recommend people looking to Calendly or, or Acuity, even if they're not podcasting, they just need something to help with uh, scheduling appointments and meetings. So the next big and mistake and I don't think it's uh, it's not like a super dramatic mistake or anything like that. But one thing when I first started was I was throwing the idea around of having a vlog instead of a, a podcast. You know, I eventually decided on on podcasting. Um, there's a little less production that goes into it, I think, when you're dealing with audio and and video. But I was thinking, you know, since I'm interviewing these people, why don't I release it on YouTube as well for people who you know, maybe they don't subscribe to podcasts and they just want something playing in the background while they work. You know, I'll listen to music that way. Sometimes I'll just throw some music on YouTube and let that play through while I work. So I thought people will love that. It turns out, you know, the listenership was far less on YouTube than what it was on iTunes or Spotify. Basically, people were listening to it as a podcast way more than they were watching it on YouTube. So when you're editing both video audio and video or when you're editing the audio and you have to keep video in mind like if you cut up this podcast you can take big sections out and no one would really ever know right unless you do an absolute hack job you know <laughs> and, and audio is going in out but no one would really ever know with video though you can tell you know because the screen the screen skips a little bit it sounds like or it looks like there's less continuity there so basically it was harder for us to edit the podcast having editing for both video and audio than it is just for audio. So we made the decision about 10 episodes in to not record the video anymore. And really it took a lot of pressure off because it's enough to have to edit the the audio. To be honest, we actually don't edit the audio anymore. We outsource that because that's actually the next mistake that I wanted to talk about. But so not to get, get ahead of myself, but you know, having to edit both, there's just a lot of pressure there. It's double the work. So we eventually ended up getting rid of the YouTube portion of that. And we did have some people reach out and say, hey, I've loved watching these on YouTube. Do you think you'll you'll go back to doing that? And we've just had to make the decision based on the metrics because it's easy to get an email that and feel like, oh, somebody does like it. But is it worth it putting on YouTube when they could listen to it on one of 10 different podcast players? We, we had the same 
conversation. We both know of Joe Rogan. I mentioned him earlier. Brad listens to his podcast and I am a big YouTuber. Like people may or may not know this about me, but I live on YouTube. Seriously. I watch music videos constantly. I YouTube anything I want to know about. Like if I'm researching something, I will YouTube it. Like I'm talking this week, yesterday, I was looking at an electric heater. I'm YouTubing it. I want to see reviews. I want to know how they install it. Like I am a YouTube nerd. And so (laughs) we thought about it as well. But like you said, the editing is so much, you know, you can't, and we've definitely had technical issues even on the podcast with Davey already, I had a subcontractor here that was drilling. I could hear him in the background. He was telling me goodbye, you know, so we're going to edit that part out. You guys won't even hear it. There's definitely Well, you know, hopefully, you know, you don't hear my baby crying and of course just taking care of him downstairs. So if you hear a, like a slight whimper in the background, that's just Jack playing Oh, uh, he's so. such a cutie. I got to see him <laughs> at United in Phoenix not too long ago. And oh my gosh. Yeah, you guys make cute babies. <laughs> but no, I totally get that. And I think when it comes to anything you do, sure, there are people out there that are successfully doing video and audio. Sure, there are successful people that are just doing video or whatever. And it it's all about figuring out what works for you and like will allow you to do the best that you can for us. We had to make the decision as well. Look, we want to do a podcast, but we don't have the resources to do the video at this point. And so maybe that's something we do later if we have a big team. But for now, mm-hmm. we're just doing audio. I am very curious to hear about the editing. So definitely dive into that. You said you do or don't outsource anymore. Talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So we don't do our own editing anymore. We out- outsource to a uh, company called We Edit Podcast, and they've been they've been great. But it just allows us to basically submit the the audio we kind of give them the general framework for how it should sound and we already had a couple examples because we did edit it ourselves at at one point but then they plug it together and they you know they do it professionally and you know if you make a mistake you can just tell them like kind of what the timestamp is of that mistake and they'll take it out and i've missed or i've forgotten to tell them about certain mistakes that they knew intuitively just to edit out i've been really happy with them but that was a mistake i think i made early on was i love writing And with writing, like a blog post, let's say, you can go back and you can revise that a thousand times before anybody ever sees it. With something like a podcast, it's much harder to do that because unless you want to spend all day in front of your computer just re-recording your episode, there's just not as much flexibility, I think, as far as revisions go as there are with writing. So that really held me up. And I think that's one thing that prevented me from getting going was like this, just I knew it was going to be because of the perfectionist in me. Like anytime I mess up even a sentence, I just think to myself, oh my gosh, I can't, you know, I can't believe I said that. And then I want to go back and I want to redo it. And that's, (laughs) it's just not sustainable to do that. I outsourced it, basically took it off my plate. I also have Crystal listen to every episode afterwards. And I just know I'm going to get an honest opinion from her. But she hasn't come back to me with an episode and said, oh, yeah, you, you stuttered <laughs> in a sentence and you have to re-record it, right? So that way I kind of know. I can feel confident in the stuff that I put out there. And then also because it's off my plate and I'm not listening to myself speak, it just gets done. That's been so important. So it's a little bit of an investment to outsource the editing. But just from a workflow standpoint, you know, it helps with staying consistent and allows me to focus on things that I feel like I'm better at than editing. I have a couple of questions around the editing. So we also edit ourselves. Brad edits the podcast, but we've toyed around with the idea of outsourcing it because it is a lot of work and Brad's trying Mm -hmm. to build his architectural business right now. And I want him to build his architectural business. And so 
Anything outside of that, as you know, detracts from your goal. My question for you is, if you don't mind sharing the cost that you're paying for the outsourcing, mm-hmm. and also, how do you keep track of those timestamps? Are you doing that while you're recording saying, okay, we're at thir- right now, 38 minutes and 38 seconds, whatever. Or do you just let them figure it out? Do you do a re-listen after? What's that process? Yeah, for sure. So as I'm doing an interview, I will have a notebook out in front of me and I usually jot down in notes of important things, you know, things that I want to remember from the episode. So if there's a mistake, you know, somebody's phone rings during the the episode or whatever, all I do is jot down what time it is and I tell them and I can even tell them ballpark like, hey, there's a phone ringing in it. And and I have a canned email that I use every time I submit an episode. Their processes on their side are, are pretty good too. So it's you know, there's a little bit of setup, but once it's set up, it's just a matter of making sure the files are in the Dropbox folder and then sending off the email to let them know that there's a new episode for them to record. And then I have a little in my candy email of a little section where I can paste in any notes that they need to know. Maybe I switched up the introduction or maybe I started recording, but we ended up with a little small talk before the episode actually starts. And I just want to make sure that's out of there, that sort of thing. So that's basically all there is to it. Once I get the episode back, I do try to listen to it. And it's just to make sure yeah. like nothing weird happened. You know, I haven't had an issue yet. You know, I haven't had a single issue where I've had to go back to them and be like, hey, there's a mistake somewhere that needs to be fixed. So that's been good so far, knock on wood. But part of that was just realizing that in the time that I could be spent doing other things, you know, I could make more money for the business or I could push the business forward in a way that it justified the cost that we were spending on outsourcing. So I think we spend 497 a month on outsourcing editing. And so that's not, you know, that's not a small amount of money, right? If you're just spending that monthly. And I think what you have to do is kind of figure out too what your goals are for the podcast. Like this is, you know, a podcast that's connected to our Davy and Krista brand. And it's been great for, you know, I think as like a top of funnel tool in driving more traffic, more exposure for us as well. So, you know, I think that for us, that cost makes sense and uh, outsourcing it. My buddy Tyler, though, he does all of his own editing, but he's a video guy. He really enjoys that. He's going to be able to bring that professionally, that professional caliber editing to his own podcast. And so that's kind of his area of genius, right? Like, so it totally makes sense for him not to outsource that. Yeah. How many episodes is included in that 497 per month? I believe it's five episodes, so okay. it's about you know hundred dollars an episode. Okay, and, and listen, I, the time—it's a commitment per each episode combined. Brad and I probably spend eight hours total. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, if you think about—I mean, you probably have an hour of just recording. Mm-hmm. You probably have up to an hour of scheduling and organizing that episode. Correct, and preparing. Uh, yeah, and the, and preparing, and then. After that, there's the exporting of files. Yes. You know, there's the the editing process itself. So if you have an hour-long episode, it's not like you're just listening through straight in an hour. So there's time that goes into that. And then even after it's edited, it's uploading it to whatever feed you're using, whether it be Fireside or Lipson or, or whatever it is. And then after that, <laughs> they're sharing it. You know, there's the whole marketing. So eight hours, I think, sounds, sounds exactly right. So yeah. I basically can cut that down to just the organization record and then share time, you know, so I probably cut, I would say at least five hours out of my workflow by outsourcing that. So in five hours, could I make a hundred dollars? And I think yes. So, so it makes sense. Are you also doing your own show notes? 
So I'm doing my own show notes, but they provide a transcript. And there's different combinations of stuff that you can get from them. So for instance, you could have them do, do the show notes. I've decided to do the transcript because I think it's important for people who, you know, are hearing impaired, you know, if they want to enjoy the episode or even, you know, from an SEO perspective, I put the transcript in as the blog post, you know, for under the show notes. And so there's a little bit of added search visibility, I think, by including the transcript as well. So the combination I have them do, or you can do like the all in one package, which you pay more for that. But since I have to actually create the blog post myself, it's pretty easy to create the show notes. Yeah. And just as an aside, guys, I heard Davey speak at United's breakout about SEO. This dude is an SEO genius. <laughs> Seriously, don't even go to my website because I feel like you, you know, probably are going to be like, Catherine doesn't know anything about SEO. No, I mean, I'm definitely trying and I'm learning, but there's just so much to it. And, and another thing too, going back to the podcast, we've forgotten or failed to mention is also the front end of the branding, which I kind of wish I'd have, I don't know. I'm always wishing I would have done things differently. That's the whole, that's where mistakes make magic came from. In general. Yeah, that's, and that's the yeah. whole point. Yeah, so. <laughs> but the branding, like what's the logo going to be? You have to have album artwork for it to go up on iTunes. Do you want your picture in it? Do you not want your picture in it? What's mm -hmm. the name of it going to be? Can you get the URL for that? Is it available? Can you get it on Instagram? And then you have to create a website. Well, how are you going to put your show notes? Is it going to be in a blog category? Is it going to be a separate website? All of those decisions affect how you're marketing your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's just a lot that goes into it. And it's funny, I mean, even with an understanding of search engine optimization, you know, there's things once once we do our, we always do a big website audit of ourselves every year. And so that will, that usually takes place at the end of the year or the beginning, you know, it'll, it'll take place in December or January. And I'm sure we'll go back and say, hey, we should have set it up this way or structured things in this way or that way. So there's always that 2020 hindsight yeah. that you deal with. But yeah, I think the important thing, I think the takeaways, and if you're listening and you're thinking about starting a podcast and now you're listening to this and maybe it sounds a little bit more complicated or <laughs> a little bit more work than maybe you you anticipated, you know, just find a way, if it's something that you want to do, just find a way to get it done yeah. uh, and get it out there. And even if it doesn't sound perfect, that's okay. You'll always be able to come up with reasons for not starting. Yeah. Katie Norris, she is the owner of Photolanthropy and Photostrap. The big takeaway for me, I always have big takeaways from each episode. And the big takeaway for me from her episode was that a lot of times when you go to start something, there's a little bit of naivety in not mm -hmm. knowing how much it takes, which is good because yeah. you might be listening to this podcast and being like, dang, I wish I wouldn't have known how much time it takes. <laughs> but just like, forget, sure. just like forget it for a minute, you know, like go in with a little bit of naivety and just go in saying like, other people are doing it. I know I can do it. And then outside of that naivety, also, take it one day at a time and one week at a time, one month at a time. You started your podcast about a year ago. Same. We, the idea for our podcast was started in May of 2017, so a little over a year ago. Same. We went in with those things, naivety and knowing that like it's not going to be such and such podcast right now. But if mm -hmm. we commit to it and we make it a priority and we really want it to be successful, it will be and it will help people just like we want it to. And that's yeah. really where you have to go back to is like that why. Why are you doing the podcast? Are you doing the pod podcast for money? Okay, well, then don't do a podcast because you're not yeah. going to make money. You know what I mean? <laughs> if, if you're doing it for your own inspiration and to help other people, 
then yeah, like maybe podcasting's your jam or or to build your brand, like you said, to mm-hmm. build awareness and, and drive traffic. Those are good reasons to start a podcast. What are some other reasons you can think of to start a podcast? Davey, like why did you start a podcast instead of some other type of project? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. I think being clear on your goals right off the bat is important too. And this is where I think having Krista around is really helpful because if I'll come up with new ideas every single day and most of those new ideas, thank God, don't see the light of day <laughs> because they're not what I should be focusing on. And it's really Krista that helps me go through that because she'll ask, what's the outcome? Why do you want to do this? And so it really helped me get clear on why I wanted to you know, start a podcast. And, and for us, I think that I really like blogging. I really like content creation and having a blog is great. I mean, I, I'm not one of those people who thinks like blogging's dying or something like that. I mean, while we were at Show United and I just did this at another conference that I spoke at on search engine optimization, I asked how many people have Googled something in the last couple of days? Everybody raises their hand. You know, the amount of stuff that I learn on a weekly basis from visiting somebody else's blog post on that subject. So I'm not saying that blogging is dead or anything like that, but I will say that podcasting is not as ubiquitous as blogging, right? Not as many people have podcasts as they do blogs. So to me, it was just another, but a lot of people are starting to listen to podcasts. You know, I'd say that as a medium, it's still growing, you know, whereas blogging, I mean, to a certain extent, maybe blogging is a little bit saturated in terms of, you know, we all blog for stuff. There's so much content out there. You know, I just think there's a lot of opportunity, untapped opportunity in podcasting, even now, even today. So one of the reasons that I wanted to get into podcasting was because I just thought it was another way to kind of break through to people. And that's proven true. You know, unlike our video experiment, <laughs> which which didn't turn out how how I thought it would, you know, for podcasting, I think we've been able to reach more people. You know, I think it used to be when blogging in the uh, golden age of blogging, you would have blogs that you followed, you know, and you would aggregate those blog posts using some sort of feed, yes. right? Where those you'd see everybody's new post that you were following, right? And that's just not how blogs work anymore, but it's still how podcasts work, right? I mean, you subscribe to podcasts that you enjoy. And so those new podcasts show up in your iTunes account, your Overcast account, whatever it is for you to listen to when you're ready to listen to the next podcast. So I think there's just so much opportunity there. And that's what we found. It's just been a, such a large referral of work, of traffic to our website. It's driven brand awareness. So that's certainly one of the reasons why we started a podcast. On the other hand, I just enjoy it. I like talking. (laughs) (laughs) I like talking. You know, I love building relationships. I love picking people's minds about things. And this is a great formal way to do it. Yeah. You know, and some of the episodes that I've done you know, I'd say most of it, I know something about that content, but like, you know, my episode with Vanessa Kynes, who does Pinterest was awesome because she's, you know, she's a Pinterest strategist. That's what she does. That's the platform she focuses on. It was so much fun to go, you know, 10 levels deep on Pinterest and what that can do for your business. And that's a conversation that if I just met her at a conference, I would have had with her anyways. Yeah. But this is the opportunity to share that conversation with so many more people. Absolutely. So I really enjoy that aspect of podcasting as well. I heard you talk about Vanessa during Show It, and you've had some really great guests. We've had actually some guest overlap, which was a a large part of why I wanted to reach out because I feel like we run in similar circles and have a similar vision for like our future. You know what I mean? What we're interested in and those sorts of things. So definitely guys, if you're, if you're liking mistakes, make magic for sure. Go check out brands at book. I really like the podcast and you really are such an easy person to talk to. Like you have such great 
you're like very animated and you're conversational. So I've enjoyed chatting with you. I get why your guests enjoy it as well. In terms of guests, talk about how it's been for you getting guests. Like part of having a good podcast is getting good guests. And it's not always easy because people are very busy. So how do you get good guests on your show? That's another great question. And I think that there's a a couple different levels that we can talk about here. One, I think tapping into current relationships that you have, just people that you know, and starting there and asking them, you know, hey, who do you know that might be a good fit for this podcast? And I try to be pretty selective for a number of reasons. One, one of the things that I constantly battle with is the photography issue, I'll call it, which is most of the people that I know, because we were wedding photographers once upon a time, are also wedding photographers. And so I really try my best to break out of that, you know, but there's a lot of wedding photographers who are no longer wedding photographers that are doing some some cool things. So sometimes it definitely feels like it, it skews that way. But I would say just built relationships with people over a number of years. And so just a matter of asking them and being accommodating to their schedule and saying, hey, I would I would love to interview you, you know, whenever it makes sense for you, setting them up so that it's it's an easy yes. And I think sometimes we make things really complicated because we send them we don't send them questions or we don't send them guidance on what the show is about and who is it for and stuff like that. So I just wanted to make sure everything was as easy as possible to say yes to. Kind of like you, and we've already talked about this in terms of using a, a scheduling system, being clear about who my show is for and who it reaches, and then being clear about what topic I want them to speak on. And it's always going to be something that they're familiar with, you know, and they're about, you know, so they don't have to put together like a whole new presentation or something like that. Yeah. So I think just in general, that's where I would start. And when I can use relationships to get new interviews, I do. So if I'm interviewing somebody and they recommend somebody that I don't know, but I've really wanted to be on the show, I'll ask for that email introduction because I think that goes a long way. And understanding when people say no, not right now, it's not no, never. Yep. People have different, just they go through seasons, you know, like right now it's been a busy season for us. And so there's certain things that I've had to turn down, but you know, that doesn't mean that I would never be interested in those ever again. Absolutely. So there's a little bit of that. And then, like I said, like when I, whenever I do an interview, I really want to do my best to build that person's brand, you know, as well, like set them up. You know, I had an interesting conversation at Creative Heart, which is the conference that we were just at speaking on search engine optimization and branding. And somebody came up to me and she's like, oh, you know, I feel like you're always asking the questions that I'm thinking of. And I don't know if yeah, you know, it was really great feedback as a as a podcaster, especially one that that interviews to hear. And she's like, I'm not sure if you just don't if you also don't know the content or <laughs> if, you know, and, and in most cases I do, you know, like I kind of I have an idea of what the answers are going to be. Uh-huh. Right. But I want to make sure that I tee that person up sure. and kind of make them, you know, the hero of the episode and put them in a position where they can really dig into their knowledge and expertise. And I think people really appreciate that. It makes it more likely that that guest is going to share. It's going to make it more likely that, you know, that guest is going to introduce you to potentially other guests that might be a good fit for your show. How are you marketing your podcast? Oh, that's a good question. Can I actually add one bit to my last question as well? You of course last, can. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to do that and then I'll get on to the, the marketing side. Do it. I'll also say this about guests. Some people are really successful, all right, but don't do a great job of articulating how they achieve that success. And I think it goes back to teaching, right? Teaching to a certain extent is a skill in and of itself. 
So just because you were successful doing something doesn't mean that you can break down those steps for somebody else, you know, so that they can take similar steps to achieve the same results or, or whatnot, right? So I've, you know, I've definitely found that as well. I think some guests, they're maybe not as big names, you know? So w- one person that comes to mind is Paige Marie of Paige Marie Photography, and now her newest business is called The Legal Page. I would say, I mean, she definitely has a following, you know, but maybe not quite as a, a big of a name as a, you know, Amy and Jordan Demos, right? But Paige did a great job of really breaking down her content. And so her episode has become really popular as a result, right? So, you know, for the most part, like all of my guests, yeah, I do have some really, really great teachers on the on the show as well. Like Amy and Jordan, they literally were teachers before they got started as photographers. And so they're, you know, episodes like that are just jam-packed full of great information. But there are there are definitely, I think, situations where a person's just really successful, but they have trouble, you know, articulating that success. And so, you know, they don't do as well with follow-up questions on really trying to get down to like, you know, the strategy level stuff. So that's, that's just one thing out there. You can find people out there, you know, who maybe your audience doesn't really know, but can deliver like great content because they can, they do a great job of articulating how they got there. Yeah. And even beyond that, like whatever your topic is of the podcast, you talk a lot about branding and booking and marketing. Like for us, we're talking about being vulnerable sometimes. That's personal. People mm-hmm. tend to be a little hesitant about getting uncomfortable. And so, yeah, I've noticed that like some people and, – and even for your episode, I love how you like walk through things that you did and then how you made those adjustments. But not everybody is able to like really – get into that, like sure. get into that mindset of ta- and, and leading people through like what I did and how I've changed it. So I can agree with that. Okay. So yeah, let's talk marketing. Okay. Yeah. So marketing, we have a podcast page on our, on our website. We decided not to make a completely separate website for our podcast. We kind of wanted to build all the same brand up and not have too many different things to manage. I have an Instagram account for brands that book. I don't use it. You know, you'll just see a single uh, picture there. I didn't even sign up for it. Chris, they got it just so that we had it. You know, I always joke around that once that hits a thousand followers, maybe I'll start posting there. But, uh, <laughs> but really there's no plan to because Davey and Krista is the brand and brands that book is kind of like having a blog for that for that brand. That's how we, that's how we organize it in our mind. And we just think in, in many ways, simpler is better. And so what we do is we, we will share that episode usually via our email list whenever we share new content. And usually there's a blog post that goes along with that just because uh, some people, you know, they still don't prefer listening to podcasts. So they'd rather read a blog post. So we generally share those things and then we'll share across our Instagram account. So primarily that means the Davy and Krista Instagram. So at Davy and Krista and then Krista's Instagram account, which has uh, a bigger following at Krista A. Jones. And what we try to do is we try to spread out as, you know, how we share about things. So there's a big push the week the episode's released. But then we'll, we'll share about it the following week. We'll share about it at least once the following month. And then it goes into a, a schedule from there. And this is something that I'm big about. I think I shared this even during my SEO presentation at United, which is just reshare content that's good. You know, something that's going to be true a year from now as it is today. Keep sharing. And I think we have a tendency to share things once. And then we're like scared to share it again because we think, oh, everybody's read it or everybody's listened to it or everybody's going to think that or get annoyed because I keep talking about it. But the truth of the matter is only a fraction of the people who are following you will ever will ever hear about it or see it. And your your audience is going to have constant churn or turnover. So, you know, people who were following you 
the people following you now will probably be a little bit different than the people following you in uh, a month from now or certainly a year from now or two years from now. So like Amy and Jordan's episode, for instance, or Caitlin's episode, I mean, really most of the episodes that, that I've recorded so far, that information is just as good now as it was then. You know, I love Vanessa Kynes' Pinterest episode. So that's something that we continually share. I, th- I think we just shared last night Tyler McCall's episode on on Instagram. So that's just I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like I I jumped up on my soapbox and just started <laughs> and just started ranting about sharing. Share, well, share, this share, is, share. But this is your jam. Like this is what you do. This is like brands that book. Like like that's a huge yep. part of it. And I did I have to do have to laugh because it was almost like the, the second you started talking on that question, you just started talking like. You know, whenever you listen to your podcast at 2X, like if anyone was listening at 2X, they just put it back down to one for like that one (laughs) question because you were so excited. No, I mean, I think it's amazing. And like that is what you do. That's what you're good at. And that's why I knew we were going to go a little bit over my one hour mark. But I was like, I got to get this in because like, why did I wait till the last minute to ask this question? (laughs) I do want to run some paid ads to the episodes. One of the reasons that I didn't run any advertising to the podcast in the, in the beginning, or and I haven't yet, is because I wanted to truly know whether people were engaging with the content or not. You know, and when you run ads, you're, you're going to get inflated metrics, right? You're, you're most likely going to see more downloads than not running ads. But I, I wanted to be able to look at my content and say, okay, do people and, and get feedback without, without running any paid advertising. But I think that is the next level of sharing, you know, and reaching new audiences and not just relying on, on word of mouth. So that's kind of step two that we'll probably start playing around with in, in 2019. That's amazing. This was definitely one of my favorite episodes so far. I think the content was awesome. Thank you so much, Davey. And I feel like anyone who, I mean, I've definitely had so many people reach out, you know, who are starting a podcast or, or want to start a podcast. And so episodes like this are really helpful. Even for us, we listened to podcast episodes on podcasting. And it's yeah. helpful because you kind of get an idea of what to expect. But you know, try not to do too, too much research going back to the naivety thing earlier. Like yeah, go in sure. and, and just get it done kind of thing. That's right. Put it, push out your first episode. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Davey, thank you so, so much for your time. Thank you for your your expertise and your knowledge. You are just doing such a great job with Brands That Book. I'm excited to continue to listen and continue to support it. And I hope that people listening in also look, check you out and follow along with what you're doing. Thank you so much. I was thrilled to be asked. I think when you asked, I responded in like 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I usually try to play it cool. You know, like I'm going to let a couple hours go by, but not this one. I was like, sign up 30 <laughs> seconds. In. You know, it's a lot of fun for me to be on the other side of the, uh, the mic. So really appreciate you asking. And yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to DeviantKrista.com.